Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 104 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. It's actually snowing outside. Looks like it's the first snow of the year. So was able to get to the gym. And even though it wasn't my main gym, that was closed when I got there this morning. Still able to find a gym. So I was just excited and super thrilled that I was still able to get my workout in even though it was snowing outside because when I went to the first gym that I normally go to, nobody had showed up to open it and I found another one on the way back. So anyway, just a little personal anecdote, always something to be thankful for, even when it's just the little things in life like that, especially for me, I love being able to get my workout in the morning. It really sets the tone for the day and helps me show up to be the person that I know I'm going to be because I'm able to engage my physical body and really get going on that. So anyway, the name of today's episode is Ethos, Logos, and Pathos. And if you're not familiar with what that is, don't worry, I'm going to break it down. And you may have post-traumatic stress from maybe hearing that in a past English class or a past philosophy class or something like that. But basically, it's going to be the idea This is Aristotle's idea of persuasion techniques and how we can use different things around us in our world to help better improve our persuasion. And I think a lot of people, when they hear the word persuasion, they think of it as being something that's sleazy or that you're convincing someone to do something against their will. And it's actually really the opposite of that. And I think it's one of the most important skills that we can develop as a human being is being able to understand how persuasion works and actually how we can use it to manifest the type of life we want, but also help others around us because it's not always just about maximizing and gratifying ourselves. So that's what I'm going to get into today. And I know it's a little bit different than a lot of the health stuff that I usually talk about, but I think it would be pretty cool and impactful to talk about. And it was just something that was on my mind. I wanted to talk about today. So before I jump on into everything, don't forget to head on over to the Facebook group. It'll be in the link of the description. And you know, I'm starting, I'm starting to think about starting maybe like a WhatsApp or a Telegram or a Signal group, just because everybody seems to be getting off of Facebook. So I'm right there with you on that. And let me know your thoughts. If you would rather join a WhatsApp group or a Telegram group or something like that, where it's simply just node-to-node communication. There's no intermediary. I mean, obviously those are intermediary. There's no intermediary third party like a Facebook or some of these garbage social media companies that are out there. It seems like people are just getting fed up with it, and it's probably something we will see in the future is moving away from those platforms. So, uh, But for the meantime, in the time being, head on over to uh, the link in the description that I'll have of the YouTube video and the podcast and check out that group. And that's what we'll do our Q&A stuff and everything. So that being said, let's hop into it. So what is ethos, logos, and pathos? So what I'm going to do now is share my screen. And let's do this. So what is ethos, locus, and pathos? So again, as as I said, these are Aristotle's modes for persuasion, otherwise known as rhetorical appeals. And they are known by the names of ethos, pathos, and logos. So they are the means of persuading others to believe a particular point of view. And they're often using speech writing and advertising to sway the audience. So 
if you kind of think about any type of marketing or advertising stuff that you see, and again, I know this is a little bit different than the health stuff, but this is a big part of my life as an entrepreneur. You don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur to be able to take advantage of some of these things. But in the world of advertising business, trying to get customers, trying to get people to buy your stuff, trying to get people to like your stuff, maybe that's not even your stuff, but maybe it's just like you as a person. We have this inbuilt thing where we have to kind of persuade somebody to do something. And the goal in a lot of marketing and advertising is not necessarily persuade somebody to do what you want them to do, is to convince them that they want to do something and they were the ones that convinced themselves that that was what they actually wanted to do all along. So that's why these really are an art more so than in science. But when you look at marketing and advertising, everybody learned this. So as humans, we all learn from each other. And you can always trace back the lineage. And if you trace back the lineage of like copywriting, marketing, advertising, speech writing, any of this stuff, it oftentimes will go back to ancient civilizations where a lot of these ideas were formed or at least codified for the first time as part of human civilization. So I always like to look back, what is the first principle source of whatever it is that we're trying to study? If we're trying to learn persuasion and study persuasion, how to convince people to read our stuff, like our stuff, whatever it is, we want to go back to the source. And what was the source of this? What is the root human principle down to the bare bones of understanding how that works. I'm not talking, this is reasoning by first principles and not reasoning by first principles and not reasoning by analogy. So we're not learning from what other people have told us or whatever. We're actually learning from the source and breaking it down to the source. So what is the meaning of these? So Aristotle used these three terms to explain how rhetoric works. So he said, of the modes of persuasion furnished by the spoken word, there are three kinds. The first kind depends on the personal character of the speaker otherwise known as ethos. The second on putting the audience in a certain frame of mind, otherwise known as pathos. The third on proof or apparent proof proved by the words of the speech itself, otherwise known as logos. So persuasion is achieved by the speaker's personal character when the speech is so spoken as to make us think him credible. So again, what is ethos? Well, the definition is sometimes called an appeal to ethics. Then it is used as a means of convincing an audience via, via the authority or credibility of the persuader, persuader, be it a notable or experienced figure in the field, such as a popular celebrity. So think about that for a second and just take it in your own life. Whenever you are trying to convince somebody something, so maybe you work in a sales job, maybe you're trying to get a girl to go on a date with you, maybe you're trying to, you know, whatever it is that you're working to, maybe you're trying to get a job offer, you're interviewing for a job. Well, if you appeal to ethics, this means you are convincing your audience or whoever you're trying to display via the authority or credibility of the persuader. So an example of this, here's just a good example. So as a dentist, they would recommend a certain type of toothpaste. So a paleontology, a paleontology researcher for 20 years knowing dinosaur fossils. So ethos is really based on this idea of credibility. And you see this a lot in marketing when you'll have a celebrity endorse a product. It's really big now to do influencer marketing where you can have an influencer speak on your behalf. So there's something as humans that we're going to look to someone that has credibility or authority. This is also why it's very powerful. If you're any type of 
teacher, consultant, coach, author, whatever it is, it often helps to have a book or have, like I have with this show, a podcast because people can look to you as an expert and authority. So whatever it is you're trying to do, you want to, whether you're building up the authority yourself or actually leaning on the authority of somebody else that you have connections to, if you are making an appeal via ethos, you are leaning on these things. And it's something that's very powerful in the human brain is we are always... Our brain is always scanning the environment for something that could damage us or in a lot of the world today, something that somebody is trying to sell to us and get the money that we have in our pocket. And if you are the person that's out there doing that, think about how you can lean on the credibility of whether it's yourself through something you've created or other people in your industry or whatever it is. So, and again, that's just as it applies to business, but Again, maybe you're trying to get a job offer, so you leverage past experience that you've had, or you have connections with someone that is a known credible source or authority in the field or whatever it is. Understand that, that whenever you have some sort of persuasion, you can lean on this pillar of ethos to develop rapport with the person that is. And this, again, is going to be applicable across a bunch of different examples, but it helps to be able to establish some sort of authority. Well, what if you say, I don't have any authority? Well, that's a great way to go out and create. That's going to be one of those things it's going to take more time to do. But if you can do it, the persuasion method and the, the art of persuasion gets easier because you're developed and you have developed an expertise in something. So that being said, let's move on to the next one, which is pathos. So Pathos is basically a way of convincing an audience of an argument by creating an emotional response to impassioned plea or convincing story. So right off the bat, what does that sound like? And as I go through these things of persuasion, understand how you can use them, but also understand how other people are trying to maybe use these on you. To me, the first thing that comes to my mind is the media with this. Everything that you see in the media is driven by an appeal to people's emotions. And it's, it's doing that because it knows as humans, we have these primal instincts. As smart as we like to think that we are and as smart as we may come off and we have all these different science and technology and everything, as smart as we think we are as humans, we still have these inbuilt mechanisms in our brain that rely on these different things. And a lot of this comes from how it affects us emotionally. So why does the media hold such a large trance over the population? Why is the media able to convince people of something, even if it may not exist? Why is the media able to create narratives? And I'm not saying one side or the other or one political side or the other, but I'm just saying, why do they have such a stronghold? And it's because of this appeal to emotion. So understand that you are being manipulated. There is a war for your mind going on at all times, either people trying to control your viewpoint or sell something to you or a bunch of different other things. However, if you understand how this emotional response works, you understand how you can detach your emotion. I talked about this a lot on the last episode, is being able to detach your emotion from whatever decision you're making and from whatever circumstances you may be in. Well, if you are beholden to that emotion, if you are stuck to that emotion, you're going to be susceptible to the influence of others. And this is why I kind of set this up in the last episode to talk about this. If you're holding on to the emotion and you have this emotional appeal that is always driving you and everything is kind of the force behind what you're doing, think about how that's going to affect 
how you respond and how you see the world because you're being driven by emotion. So the example they give here is take a puppy, for instance. If you go to the ASPCA or wherever they have puppies, a lot of times they're trying to quote unquote sell you, even though you might not be paying, um, but they use the emotional attachment that you may get from that. So another example, if you decide not to come for Thanksgiving, it would break your grandmother's heart. So again, using in the frame of persuasion, these emotional things that are tied down and built into the human psyche, where we are responsible or responsive to how these emotions affect us. So take that into consideration and whatever it is, maybe you're trying to appeal to someone else. And again, whatever it is where they're trying to sell, whether they're trying to get a job off or whatever it is, understand that every human at a subconscious level is operating on these mechanisms. And if you can understand that and understand that people only make decisions 99% of the time, because one, they're just going through their day to day, but they're doing it because they're trying to take care of their family. They're trying to do all these things. And if you can frame your business, your value proposition, whatever it is in response to knowing that people are going to respond emotionally to things, you're going to be able to persuade them better. And again, this isn't for, this isn't for malevolent purposes is for benevolent purpose purposes. But if you understand that people respond emotionally to things, you can understand how to frame what you're doing to make sure that you're emotionally benefiting whoever it is you're trying to help serve, do business with, persuade, whatever. So that is how pathos works. So again, we have the pillars of ethos, which is an appeal to ethics, which is oftentimes leaning on the credibility or authority of someone as they're seen in society. Second is we have pathos, which is just an appeal to emotion to understand that your emotions drive a lot of the decision making you do, and that's going to affect the decisions you make in your life. And finally, we have logos. And to me, this is what I like to lean on. Unfortunately, I think it's probably the least used because these it's so distorted today. But logos is basically the appeal to a logic is a way of persuading an audience with reason using facts and figures. Now, what has happened in today's world is information has become so convoluted. There's so much information out there that we really don't know how to make heads or tails of all the information that we see. And while logos, I think, should be the way that we try to persuade people, it's not always going to be the most effective because, again, people are more emotional. I think if you look at the best way to persuade people is probably one of the first two. However, there are people out there, maybe like yourself, maybe like myself, that do enjoy the appeal to logic. And we like to look at the reason facts and figures that we see behind something. So the examples that they use, a lot of statistics are involved. So people eat chocolate are 72% happier than those who don't. So we should eat chocolate every day, said the candy bar salesman. If you do not turn in your homework, your grades will suffer. Obviously, that's a logical fact. So how do we use logos? So we basically try to reason with the audience. We provide them facts, figures, and statistics and historical and literal analogies. So why is this important? Well, I think if you go again to first principles, you want to make sure whatever you are trying to persuade someone, the basis is grounded in fact. So if you're trying to persuade someone and you do not have this pillar in place, so maybe you have the other two pillars, but you don't actually have a factual basis behind whatever you're doing, chances are it's not going to resonate as much with people. And again, statistics are widely known to be manipulated, but if you are not providing statistics or some sort of logical fact or reasonable, 
rational basis in what you're doing, chances are it's going to be harder to convince other people of the same thing. Maybe even harder to convince yourself that what you're doing is the right thing in the first place. So I think it's always a good thing to do to look at whatever you're doing in your life, when, you know, whatever job you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to do with your family or with your friends, and always look at what are strictly the facts. I have done this. I have made this much money. These are the facts around me. And then use those to move in one direction or the other that you want to create with your life. And I think while it's pretty self-evident, I think we get away, away from this a lot in our lives. We get caught up in the emotions of whatever we see that's going on in the world instead of actually grounding our decisions and how we view the world in actual facts. Unfortunately, people just don't read as much anymore. They're not as in tune with actual reality because they are so manipulated and are so attached to their emotion. Hopefully we see a reversal from that in the future where more people do look to facts and look to understanding. Now, I say that with a caveat that you want to make sure that your facts are actually factual and not being manipulated as well. So you see a lot of this hinges on the information that is out in the ether today that we have to be on guard against because there is so much convolution going on out there. But at the very least, I think 95% of people aren't even conscious of these things. So if you can bring it to the forefront in your brain and whatever decisions you're making with your life or whatever you're trying to do in terms of a business or personal experience, ask yourself, what are the facts of the situation and do they align with whatever I'm trying to do? And I think that's just a good question to ask yourself in everything in life. So to always look at the data, look at the facts, because it's going to tell you exactly where you're at. And then you can re respond accordingly and react accordingly based on whatever that is rather than just being so swayed so much by your emotion. So that's pretty much it for those three today, guys. I really appreciate you listening and staying tuned for the whole thing. Again, this whole idea of persuasion, they really hinge on these three pillars. So ethos, logos, and pathos. And understand as you go out in the world, as you go about your day, that a lot of what's going on in your life is going to be controlled by these factors. So it's going to be influenced by these things. It's going to be guided most likely into one of these three pillars. And then also understand if you are an entrepreneur or if you are looking for a job or if you are trying to be the highest performing version of yourself, that a lot of times you're going to have to put things into these frames when you're talking with people. And I think it's very important that we develop communication skills especially going into the world that we're going into where everything is much more technology-based. The people that can communicate at a high level are going to be the ones that hold the keys to the future because they're going to be able to understand how to get things done more so in a way as opposed to a lot of people they might just be used to interacting with computers all day. However, the he who can communicate controls his own future. And the better you get at communication and persuasion, the better you're going to be in charge of your own destiny. And if you want to get better at persuasion, understand these three things that I talked about today. Understand however you're framing an argument, however you're framing a sales pitch, however you're framing anything you are trying to do to persuade. At a root level, understand that we are all trying to persuade someone else in whatever we're doing. As much as you may not like that, as much as you may not, not want to think that, about what you're doing with your life. Every day we are trying to persuade someone to do something and validate our status as a human being. So if you can understand that, and again, put that into these three pillars and understand that 
we can kind of channel that energy into these three things, you're going to be so much better off and you're just going to be happier in life because you're going to understand how things are working around you rather than thinking things are random and things are just not going your way. You can really look back to these things and understand, oh, well, it's just a matter of persuasion. So that being said, thank you so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate it, you guys. And if there is any feedback you have and you want to let me know if you'd like to change the Facebook group to like a WhatsApp group or a Telegram group or a Signal group, that is cool as well. So I will be in touch and we will talk soon. Peace.